Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And welcome in, however you're getting us. We appreciate you getting us Thursday nights on the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel. Hi, how are you? I'm Chris Mack. He's RJ Choppy. And John Martin's off this week, a little under the weather. He'll be back soon enough, better than ever. And we'll still be here on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it today and get us in podcast form. Or listen to us wherever you may be, live coast to coast on the BetQL network every Friday night and Saturday morning. Choppy, we had plans. We were going to talk all about the national title game and Michigan's absolute uh-huh. dismantlement. I think that's a word. It is now. If not, I made it one. Dismantlement yep. of of Washington. But, 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 hmm, not long but. before we put together the plan for this week's show, the god Nick Saban decides to hang him up at the age of 72. He retires on Wednesday with seven national titles, 11 SEC titles, 12 SEC West division titles, and just at Bama, a six-time national champion, nine-time conference champion, 206 victories and only 29 losses in 17 seasons. This is a five-time SEC Coach of the Year and the standard bearer for college coaches in the last, what, three or four generations of college football. It's crazy, but we're talking about a a possible spring and summer where not only will the GOAT of NFL coaches Mm -hmm. be on his way out of his job, Belichick in New England, but now the GOAT of college football coaches will be on his way out from Tuscaloosa and that's that's the first thing. Before we get into any possible replacements or anything like that, because names are already being bounced around, um, it, the, the thing that strikes me is I do not want to be the guy that replaces the guy. I do no. not want to step in those shoes. Never. Never. You never want to. Uh, it's never something that works. It, I mean, it rarely works out well. I mean, right. maybe it worked. I mean, it, it. where has it worked? Let's be honest. You know, it, it maybe works with quarterbacks replacing other quarterbacks. Rodgers replacing Favre. You know, that worked. Yeah. You know, replacing Montana. You know, that worked. But, you know, where else? It doesn't really work. No, it no it in coaching, coaching, it's rare. It's yeah. it's 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 very rare in coaching. You know, you've got like a a Tomlin replaces Cower, but that's only because the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers, by example, you know, they, they've had three coaches since that picture behind right. me was taken in nineteen seventy nine. And then Cower replaced, you know, who Noel? Noel, uh, yeah. So it's like they don't they don't they don't change coaches ever. 
So, yeah, it, I could absolutely um, see not wanting to replace him. But, you know, Bama's in a unique spot because, you know, they lose. You know, he isn't the standard bearer for the last three or four generations. He's the standard bearer for the last hundred plus years. Yeah, like he is yeah. Yeah. He is the guy, man. He, he is the goat of goats. And uh, it, it is it is not easy to replace. They have a – this is the, without question, the most important hire in the history of the sport because they have all the momentum. You know, nobody has built a program like Nick Saban has. And the momentum they've got to keep. They can't miss. They can't hire. Uh, they can't have a – I mean, go pick your guy out there that blew it, that just wasn't any good replacing, look, uh, you know. Look, look at Alabama's it. history in particular. I have a good yeah. buddy who who was a part, uh, I think he was, he played either under Ray Perkins or Bill Curry. Ray Perkins was the guy who replaced the guy. After 30, or sorry, yeah. 25 years of Bear Bryant, it was Ray Perkins. And it was meh. And then it was Bill Curry, and it was meh. And they hit they on something with Gene Stallings. They put Bill Curry's house up for sale. All right. And then it was Mike DuBose. And then it was Mike Shula. You know, they always kept right. it in-house. Right. And then they, you know, they, they coached Fran for, for a hot minute. So right? that's going to lead me to a suggestion. That's going to lead me to a suggestion when we do pivot back towards who the next guy could be. But, th- I mean, just the number of large, huge headline retirements we've seen in the last mm-hmm. three years, right? Uh, Coach K, Roy Williams, uh, Jay Wright, and Bayheim all in basketball, for example, and now Saban hanging, the, hanging it up in football. And again, it took them. You can count the seven seasons under Stallings as a relative success, I guess, compared to the guys around him. But other than the seven seasons of Gene Stallings, they went uh, 25 years in the wilderness between Bear Bryant and Nick Saban. That's what happens when the two best coaches in your program's history are the two best coaches of all time. Right. You know, when I I got to Knoxville uh, for college in 97, you know, Alabama was not the best job in the conference. Florida was. No. Alabama was not the second best job in the conference. Tennessee was. Uh, They may not have been the third best job in the conference. Could have been Auburn. Could have been Georgia. Could have been Alabama. Could have been LSU. But LSU was the nothing. You know, they weren't they weren't that great of a program. A lot of those programs were dealing with probation. You know, the 80s and the 90s and the SEC was like a, a wild era, man. So, you know, there's 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 a situation where, you know, Bama's been they've been the team that's kind of been floating around aimlessly with no direction mm-hmm. before. It's a super important hire and I, you know, I have ideas I got, I got a couple oh, of ideas. Oh, we have but, ideas. We have ideas. Know, this, is, this is such a massive well, hire for them that, because, you know, right now, you know, he didn't make Alabama, but he made this version of Alabama. Right. The odds on favorite right now is Dan Lanning to come back to the SEC at 3-1 yeah. to one, uh, as this market opened in just the hours following Saban's retirement. I'm sorry. I... I I, look, I've had I have my issues with Dan Lanning because I think he screwed the pooch in the Washington game, the first Washington game. Um, but that's not enough to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say you're not interested in him. I think we've seen what he can do recruiting wise. We've seen what he can do with the big program. But he's he's going to the Big Ten. Like I don't know if Dan Lanning necessarily has to go to the SEC 
to gain or garner some sort of cachet, right? He's got right. a he's got a big time. He's got one of the handful of the best programs in one of the now two powerful conferences in college football. So I don't know if he necessarily has to look. Everybody's going to have some level of interest in this, but I think you have to ask your question: Who's it most attractive to? And the guy that's most obvious is is Dabo. Dabo comes back to Bama, where oh, where he oh. got his start. Um, and it, it, you know, doesn't have to, doesn't have to, uh, you know, go through the, the process of realignment to find himself in the SEC. He just mm-hmm. leaves Clemson behind and drives on down to Tuscaloosa. And that's the one that makes the most sense to me. He's second plus three fifty. Mike Norvell behind him at plus four fifty. How about my guy, Jimmy covers James Franklin at plus six fifty, and, and Lane Kiffin makes a ton of sense too at 7-1 to one before you get down to some long shots like Kalen DeBoer, Mike Vrabel's in there, Dion's in there at 50-1, to one. Uh, some of the early odds on the next Alabama head coach. I mean, who you are you thinking of somebody that wasn't mentioned among those handful of people? So, I mean, I would not do Dabo. Dabo, I fully believe Saban retired because he doesn't like the transfer portal. The portal, he didn't yeah. want to ha- He didn't want to have to... You know, it's recruiting high school kids is one thing. Recruiting your own players that you already have on your staff every year day after is, year after year. After year it's yeah. another. I think it's just tiring. Um, so I, I don't want Dabo. Dabo doesn't do the portal anyway, so I'm out on him. True. Okay. Um, I would just out. He's a non-starter for me. Uh, Lanning is on the list. I lo- I love his aggressiveness. I think he does a great job at Oregon. I think Oregon's a really good team. Um, Mike Norvell is an easy one. He mm-hmm. recruits the same exact area. He would not have gone thirteen and zero at Alabama and been left out, no matter who his quarterback mm-hmm. would have been. He is the easy choice. I'll tell you though, you know they're in a predicament now where you know if they want to get somebody like a Norvell, they're going to have to pay the buyout. They're going to do all that stuff. Uh, yeah. He's going to have to. I, 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 you, this is a. You need to stabilize the program. You need to sit there and figure out who you're going to hire. This is not a you rush. It's not a rush into it. Hire. I am going. Not to Dan Lanning, but in his backyard down the road, a couple of hours away. And I'm just going to oh, call wow. Pete Carroll. And I'm just going to call oh, Pete wow. Carroll up. And he 70, he's 42. That guy ain't 72 years old. He's 42 <laughs> years old. I'm going to hire Pete Carroll, and I'm going to hand him over. He recruits high school. He loves recruiting. He has got so much energy. He doesn't want to – I don't think he wants to stop coaching. Uh, he has won in college before. He, it's a national brand. He can recruit anywhere. There's no buyout to pay. All right. right. There's no buyout to pay. Uh, there would be a buyout everywhere else. Sometimes a big buyout. You want this? You don't. You own, there only is a short term. There is no long term in college football. There is just a short term. You give Pete I a couple years, saying. and and then you worry about your your long term plan in a little bit. Just get Carol in there. Let him let him keep all the recruits Nick just got, which is a top two class. And then figure right. it out. See, I, producer Zach in our chat brought up one of Pete Carroll's guys, which I think is a great question too. Steve Sarkeesian. There's an opportunity for a guy that will. Now, again, for Sark, it's oh, I'm coming to the SEC already. What do I need to leave Texas to go to Bama? You know what I mean? Like that. That's the one thing with two giant conglomerates now kind of running the show, two giant power conferences. I don't know how much jobs are going to be able to sell coaches on, well, we're in the SEC or we're right. in the Big Ten. It'd be like, well, yeah, half the country is. Um, I don't know what I have to gain out of that. So I, and, and that's also where I am with like a, you know, 
Elaine Kiffin, for example. Kiffin can go back to Bama and have all the pressure in the world heaped on his shoulders, which he would, right? And it, 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 the first first minute indiscretion or screw-up, they're going to nail him to the wall. They're just dying to do that with Lane Kiffin. Meanwhile, he can stay in Oxford and just kind of do his own thing, and it's all yeah. good. They're happy just to win nine games a year. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do here for here for. I, I, I if I was Bamba, I'd be down on Sark. But if you're Sark, you know, all due respect, you've got a better job now. As great of a job as Alabama is with right. Saban, it's a better job with Saban. Without Nick Saban, I mean, Texas has always been arguably the best job in the country from a recruiting standpoint. He doesn't have to get on an airplane. He doesn't have to drive more than about four hours in any direction to get every player he wants. I, I you know, and he's already going to the SEC. Right. I, if I'm Sark, I, I don't, I don't go anywhere. I've got the top job. Right. I've got the top job in the country, but you know, if you want, and you don't want to, why would you want to follow Saban? You just want to follow four. You don't want to follow Saban. They'll put your house up no. for sale there. They'll throw a brick <laughs> through your window. You don't want any part of that. You don't want to screw with that. The other one I would keep an eye on because he's familiar with the dynamic and he's come into hostile situations before. And don't get me, don't get it wrong. Like you're talking, we're not, we're only being slightly exaggerated when we talk about what the atmosphere is going to be like for the guy to replace Saban. It's not going to, it might not necessarily be bricks through the front window until you go six and six. Um, But like a guy who's familiar with coming into a hostile environment and is also familiar with Tuscaloosa and how the program works, and he's done it in two big places, and is always kind of this far off at the NFL level, Bill O'Brien is one to keep an eye on too, I think. He's not listed amongst the odds makers, but that's one I would have kind of a sideways glance to. If Mike Vrabel's going to swoop into Foxborough and take over the Patriots, that's one where Bill O'Brien is kind of on the outside looking in saying, where do I land? I'll tell you this. I think Bill O'Brien's a hell of a football coach. I know that he is not the greatest general manager. He kind of butchered things there. But yeah. that guy went to the playoffs with like four different quarterbacks. I think he dragged TJ Yates to the postseason one year. Like that guy he, he, is a good coach. I saw him drag Penn State back to relevance after yeah. nearly receiving the death penalty. Like, yeah. I mean, they they were this close to having everything yeah. torn to bits. And he helped stand there in some of the strongest headwinds I've ever seen coming at a new coach in college football history, which comes back around on what we were talking about. This is, you do not want to be the man to replace the man. If anybody can stand up to those headwinds, it's probably B.O.B. Bill O'Brien could do that. So that's one I'm surprised I haven't seen uh, mentioned yet amongst the odds makers, but it's definitely, it completely changes. I think Zach said they went from plus 350 and, and second highest on the board for next year's futures to win the national championship to plus 500 or plus 550, uh, wherever you find it already, just immediately in the retirement of Saban. Not surprising. Um, This will change everything in the SEC and really on the national landscape as well. Speaking of the national landscape, another coach, well, he could be headed out too. Not quite sure, but he's got the ring finally. He's a national champion. Whether you want to give Connor Scallions all the credit for it or not, <laughs> Jim Harbaugh is a national champion, and J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum and the Wolverines. We talked 
Wolverines, Huskies in the national championship game that we saw on Monday night and what we think now about going into the 2024 season. Coming up next alongside RJ Choppy, John Martin off this week. I'm Chris Mack. You're locked in to BetQLU. And welcome back in alongside RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU every Thursday night on the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel. We are there for you. And of course, as a podcast inside your Odyssey app, it's free. Download it today and take us with you wherever you're going, whatever you're up to. AUD, ACY, and live Friday nights and Saturday mornings on the BetQL network, live coast to coast. John Martin off this week. He'll be back next week. Next week, we will be full on college hoops, baby. And we'll get to hoops in just a couple of minutes. But all the Saban news uh, pushed the national championship game. That's one of the few people in college sports or sports period that could push a national championship game off the front page. But at least for our rundown, Choppy, uh, Saban pushes Michigan winning their first national title in 47 years to uh, page two of the rundown. 34-13 Wolverines over the Huskies. They cover the five and a half with no problem. Under 55 and a half hits as well. Wolverines outrushing Washington. 303 to 46. Dear God. 134 on the ground for Blake Corum. Donovan Edwards, 104, including uh, an early touchdown that felt like it kind of telegraphed the way the rest of that thing was going to go. Uh, They each had a pair of touchdowns. Michael Penix Jr. just didn't look like himself. I don't know if it was some of the exotic looks Michigan were giving him on defense, some of the faux pressures they were presenting at the line of scrimmage and then bailing out. If it was the injuries, it kind of mounted up on him throughout the game as well. But just 27 of 51 for 255, a single touchdown and two interceptions. So let's start with this because it's the biggest storyline coming out of this game, Choppy. What's next for Jim Harbaugh? He has tried to dodge this question as much as possible. People say, oh, what's your future hold? And I've heard him repeatedly say, I just hope I have a future. All right, pal. Um, You're going to have NFL offers on the table. We know that's going to be out there. You've got to make a decision now. Do you want to sit around and continue to fight with the NCAA over recruiting violations, possible cheating sanctions that may come down the line? Do you want to try and run it back with some of these guys. You know, We just got done talking about how hard it is in the portal age to bring back a team year after year after year. Or do you look at it and say, hey, it was a great run, pretty dominant the last few years. We capped it off with a title. Um, I, it's time to get back to the NFL and finish that story. Well, I mean, what's his goal? What's his life goal? Does he want to be an NFL head coach? Does he want to win a Super Bowl? Or does he want to be at Michigan and be a lifer there and maybe win another national championship or more? You know, what is his life goal? Like, if he wants to move on and he wants to be an NFL coach, there's going to be an opportunity for him to do that. I mean, I would imagine after this, one of the goals for him has to be, I have to imagine, he wants to be the fourth coach to ever win both a Super Bowl and a national title. Be up there with Jimmy and Barry and Pete Carroll. Well, did Pete Carroll actually win one, or did he get it stripped? Who knows, right? <laughs> Does it still count? Does it still count? Um, listen, um, I, I don't know that he actually wants to coach the NFL. I know everybody says he wants to go to the NFL. He would have gone over the last nine years. He's had every opportunity to go to the National Football League. He's never taken it. Um, so I don't even know that he wants to, but, yeah, it, it certainly is. If, if that's a goal of his – then I think that's what he's going to wind up doing. Why go? Why not go out on top? 
Now you could say that you know if you're if you're there, you want to be the Michigan God, and he would be a God at Michigan if he wins another mm-hmm. one. Because I know you said it was 27 years just the last time. No, no, no. They haven't won since 1948. That that's a that was a fraudulent. Everybody <laughs> that's knows Nebraska, title doesn't count for you, huh? <laughs> Nebraska would have wiped the floor with them. Wiped the floor. Oh, you got a cute win against Washington State. Cool. Rock on, man. Uh, Nebraska would have beat their brains out. So, yeah, I, I, it's, it's their first title. It's just the 40s. Barely post-war. Barely. Uh, so, here's the way I look at it. And look, I'm I'm eternally a 12-year-old, so I still watch wrestling. Yeah. I'll be honest. I'll own yeah. it, right? I watch WWE. You saw the um, Rocks pop and- the other day? Oh, it was huge. Huge pop. You know who Great. else gets a huge Great. pop in WWE these days? Cody Rhodes, right? The American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Oh, all that kind of stuff, right? Because he went away, and now he's come back to finish his story. He he built AEW, right? Harbaugh went to Michigan and built it and made it what it is now. It's back to being a national power and prominence. Yeah. And does he want to go back to the big boys? Does he want to go back there and, and like I said, Finish the story there. I think that's a huge attraction for him. I think he sees, you know, there's got to be a little bit in him that is just a bit jealous of his brother. You know, John Harbaugh was there congratulating his brother on the sideline and everything in Houston, and that was great. And, you know, they trade assistant coaches. Like, uh, they probably traded socks and underwear when they were kids growing up. They didn't even think anything about it. And... It's part of what led to Michigan's success this year, right? right? That defense was as advanced and as good as it was because they had an NFL-level D.C. running it. But John John is the one who's sort of the, the standard bearer, right, at the NFL level. If, if people think Baltimore Ravens, they think John Harbaugh. When right. they think Jim Harbaugh at the NFL level, what do they think? They think, oh, yeah, a couple years quarterback in the Colts. Oh, yeah, and he went to that one with the Niners and khakis. Okay, yeah. Um Oh, yeah, and the power went out. I remember that, and then they fell apart. Yeah, I, sure. Um, so I, I think there's got to be a desire there, uh, a, a little bit. It's got a gnaw at the back of Jim Harbaugh's brain just a little bit. Hey, I want to go back. I want to show them all that I'm just as good as my as my brother. I want to show them all that I can finish my story at the NFL level. Uh, if he views the NFL as the ultimate, then yeah. I mean, if you had asked me, would I rather be a head coach of – you know, a uh, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, mm-hmm. which is the NFL team I follow, or Tennessee, and win a championship with either one. I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd pick the college team. Uh, they're, they're, I'm not, I'm yeah. not alone. I know, I know the NFL is the much bigger dog on the block, but there are plenty of people who view, you know, college as the better product or winning in college as the more romanticized thing. Co- NFL. Well, yeah. I think, like you go, said, man, it engenders right? it, it engenders more loyalty to a guy. Like, you know, we yeah. just got done talking about Saban and his run at Alabama and yeah. Bear Bryant years before him and how you're right. If, if Jim Harbaugh were to, were to stay at Michigan and win another national title, people, he would. He would be they, – they'd put him on the Michigan State flag someday, right? He would be the man. Um, not Michigan State with the green – you know what I'm talking about, the state of Michigan. Um but, like, he would own the state, and he would certainly yeah. own Ann Arbor. Um, but there, and that, that, that is true at the college level. At the collegiate level, you win, people will remember you forever. Yeah. Now, people, not to yep. say that people don't remember Super Bowl winning head coaches, they certainly well, do, they do, but it's not the same 
sort of level of loyalty. It can right. be, you know, I woke up this morning and I heard people uh, on TV talking about, oh, if the Eagles lose in Tampa on Monday, does Sirianni get fired? Or Dude, fired? If, 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 if the it's Cowboys, insane. if the if the Cowboys blow it in the first round again and there's clock management issues, does McCarthy get fired? And it's like, well, wait, 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 wait. What are we talking about? One guy is a young head coach who just went to a Super Bowl last year and was a holding call away from winning it. Another guy has been to the Super Bowl and won it and looks like he may have the best team the franchise has put together in a quarter century and is, you know, so what are we talking about here? That's the level of loyalty you get at the NFL right. level, right? You don't get that at the collegiate level. No, and that's why you'd be crazy to go to the NFL if I were him. Uh, Look, we have done so many Sirianni topics on our show just because we (laughs) laugh at it, you know. And, like, you know, sure, it's plausible. It's lunacy to me. If you fire him, that's lunacy. But it's – Philadelphia is the – I mean, the largest collection of football idiots is in southeastern PA. Uh, There's no doubt about that one. They all drive. It's hard to argue. They all ride. Was it, is it SEPTA? Is that the uh, the, tra- SEPTA, the, yeah. rail, or, the rail system? Or apologies to my friends uh, listening in Cleveland. North Northeast Ohio is in all that. You know, the, a bunch of Stefanskis yeah. up there. Um, I use that as a pejorative term. But anyway, like I, I could, I could see Harbaugh definitely pivoting to the NFL. The one crazy thing, as we talk about him pivoting to the NFL, and we'll get back into next year's futures in just a second is everything's going to – we talked about Saban earlier and how crazy it is that Saban retires in the same week where Belichick may end up walking away from the Patriots or being pushed out by Robert Kraft and the Patriots. Um, you know, it, it, it's all going to be the first domino to fall on this entire football offseason, pro or college probably, to be honest, because the amount of assistance yeah. that will be affected by it, including Bill O'Brien, who we mentioned a couple minutes ago, it all starts with Belichick. Where does Belichick go? Who does he take with him? What's he looking to do? And then the then the assistants fall into place wherever they may filter out to. Then Vrabel finds a home probably. And then then the quarterbacks start to find homes. And then guys start to filter out to the college level. So this is the amount of not just – look, we get coach movement every year, both at the NFL and collegiate levels, but just the amount of big-name movement that we're going to have, you know – on a, in a week where Pete Carroll basically is is shoved into retirement and Nick Saban decides to hang him up, uh, and we're still waiting to find out what happens with Belichick and now Harbaugh, who knows? Um, some big names are going to make big moves this offseason, yeah. Javi. And, 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 I, and I do wonder, does Saban retiring force Michigan's hand to overpay? Mm. Harbaugh was already going to get a raise. But right. does Michigan want to go through the prospects of having to compete with Alabama for a head coach? They might lose that. They might lose that battle. So if they both want, let's say they both want, you know, Kalen DeBoer, Dan Lanning, right. Mike Norvell. Let's say they both want one of whatever it was. You know, Alabama might win. It may be more attractive to be close to Florida. It might be easier to recruit. Um, longer sustained run of success historically. You know, if you're Michigan, like, do you want to really go down that road, or do you just want to pay Jim Harbaugh fifteen million a year, twenty million a year? One more crazy thing to keep an eye on, since we're talking Big Ten head coaches, and I know towards the end of the regular season, this guy's job was kind of thrown up in the air, and they didn't exactly, uh, they didn't exactly put on a great showing in their bowl game. What if, what if you're Ohio State, and you kind of look at the landscape and you say, hey, there's a Buckeye out there now. He's an NFL guy, but 
maybe we want to pay crazy money for Mike Vrabel. Now, Vrabel probably has no interest in going to Columbus. And like we talked about earlier, recruiting the portal year after year after year. But if you want to throw somebody's name yeah, into the uh, Big Ten coaching stew, as it might be, there's one to think about, an Ohio State guy. All right, um, I, I do think Sharon Moore is the perfect guy to take over in Ann Arbor if Harbaugh leaves. Like, just, just roll it back with the same guy who coached half the season for you this year anyway. Uh, but yep. um, next year's early national title odds. Way too early on these, but Georgia plus 350, Alabama plus 550, Ohio State 8-1, to Michigan and Texas 9-1 to before you get to Oregon at 10-1, to Ole Miss 11-1, to LSU 16-1. to uh, this is so hard to, to handicap at this point, Choppy. I mean, we have no idea. Look, there have already been moves in the portal. You see a Quinchon Judkins, for example, yeah. uh, leave Oxford and go up to Columbus. Uh, there are going to be those moves here and there. But I got to wait for, for dust to start to settle before I start thinking about futures plays right now. Well, I mean, I think part of it also is if you're going to – let's just say you're going to bet a um, an SEC team, right? Mm-hmm. You want to know who Bama's going to hire as their head coach? Absolutely. I mean, if 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 you don't, if you if they get somebody and you're not, oh man, thrilled with that hire. How does that impact the odds? You know, if you if you have an Ole Miss or an LSU or whatever, you know, some of those schools, A and M in the twenties to one, Tennessee mm-hmm. in the forties to one, Texas nine to one. How is Bama going to affect and make their lives easier? You, you know, if you know if, if Bama isn't the same dominant force, you know you may get more SEC teams into the final four, into the, the twelve because of Alabama's drop off. I mean, you may just replace one with the right. other. The, the only one I could see putting any money on right now is because they've already been active in the portal. They always have a great recruiting class, and Kirby Smart is going absolutely nowhere is Georgia at plus 350. It's not a ton of value, though, right now at plus 350. So I don't know if there's much, you know, I don't know if there's any use in in, in making that play right now, knowing that this is a team that didn't even get into the four-team playoff last year. They'll be in the 12-team playoff next year. Uh, Producer Zach likes Mizzou at 50-1. to Okay, all right, maybe worth the conversation. I mean, it's a big number, man. That's a good number. Now, you know the conference; they're not going to be in the East anymore, right? They're getting rid of divisions next year in the SEC, right. so this, you know, they don't. They're gonna. I'd have to go see who their, you know, common opponents their are. Schedule. Their schedule. Yeah. You know the the one thing is, I, I just said they're going to have to win the SEC. That's not right. Like I, should, I I'm going to walk yeah. that back. You don't have to win the conference anymore. You don't. If if you want to, if you want to get that sort of first round buy, I imagine that'll more than often come down to the conference champs. They'll get that that buy, and then everybody else will play five through twelve in the campus games in the first round. But there's no reason to believe that a team it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Choppy, where a team comes from like a five or six seed and shocks the world and wins three games and ends up in in the national championship, and then who knows, right? It's it's kind of like when we first yeah. saw wild cards win Super Bowls. It happened once in the '80s, and then didn't happen again for 25 years. And the Steelers won one, yeah. the Giants won a couple, um, and it's like, oh wait, that can happen. It's going to happen in college football too. The portal will let you do that. The teams aren't deep enough anymore. You know the, the reason that these games have been so much better in the Final Four the last couple of years 
is the portal. You don't have these games being decided by three touchdowns anymore. Um, you know, unless TCU makes the final, and then you do. But for right. the most part, these are pretty good games. You're horned frauds. All right, we got to yes, talk hoops sir. because there is a big weekend of college hoops coming. And number one and number two both went down on the same night this week. The first time that happened in a while. We'll talk about what we think of those elite teams at the top of the rankings and who we're most concerned with, plus our best bets as well. Alongside RJ Choppy, I'm Chris Mack, and this is BetQLU. And welcome back in. John Martin off this week alongside RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack. It is BetQLU on your Odyssey Sports channel on YouTube. And, of course, as a podcast inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it today. It's free. You can take us with you wherever you go. And really, however you get your podcast, you can snag BetQLU and also hear us live on the BetQL Network every Friday night and Saturday morning. So we've talked Saban. We've talked Michigan and Harbaugh and, and next year's early lines, futures. Uh, let's talk about hoops. Let's talk about number one and number two, Choppy, both going down on the same night this past Tuesday. First time that has happened in a couple of years when Arizona and the Zags both lost February 26, 2022. Uh, Purdue's lost a couple now. This was uh, the Cougars' first loss, Houston, uh, number two in the country, to Iowa State. But both games on the road. We know what playing on the road in the Big Ten can be like, how tough it is. Um, Houston is in the Big 12, which is just absolute murderer's row. You and I have been talking about that for years now, back to before we were doing this show. Um, so that being said, any more concern about one of these two programs over the other or uh, anybody really at the top of the rankings that you look at and say, huh, eh, I'm worried about that team there. They look like they're vulnerable. You know, not with those teams, not with those two uh, that lost. Uh, I'm not really, I'm not really super worried about them. I mean, listen, I mean, when you look at from from Houston's perspective, they're going to have to go through a gauntlet they haven't gone through before in in the big in the Big Twelve, right? You know, mm-hmm. they've been you know playing an American Conference schedule, and that's just a lot different than the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve is a nasty big dog on the block, and it's just going to be very difficult to navigate that. This is going to tell us a lot about them. Their defense is top rate. I mean, they are just a phenomenal defensive team. Purdue. I mean, look, I mean, they, it's, and the same thing with Houston. Like, they, it was, they opened up conference play. It was road game. It, it you know, it wasn't technically the open of conference, but, you know, those road conference games are no joke. They are no joke. Yeah. So they're, they're tough to navigate through sometimes. Um, and, and, and at the end of the day, we're dealing with 18, 19, 20 year old kids, and they get rattled by road environments. Uh, it, it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing to have to deal with, especially, when it's like, you know, say your first true road test of the year. Not every team has played road games, like real road games yet. You know, some have played these, you know, good competition at uh, in the Maui Invitational or the Battle for Atlantis or wherever, and that's not a road environment. No. that's There's barely anybody sitting in the seats at some of those, right? It's like you're playing in an empty gym. Your parents are there, maybe, if they were lucky enough to make the trip. Absolutely. Purdue still national title favorites at plus 850. Houston third at 11-1. to one. Uh, The one team I do have an eye on as maybe being vulnerable, and that, look, they're, they're not up there where they were earlier in the year, but they're still a top 10 team. Number eight, Arizona. They've already got two quad two losses. 
they don't look like they should look for a team that's supposed to be the class of its conference, right? Like the Pac-12 right. final year, it, it feels like, I don't want to say it feels like everybody's playing out the string, but uh, the Pac-12 goes through those cycles where some years, and look, sometimes they pick it up at the end of the regular season and they go into in, in the tournament time and then we look up and they've still got like five teams in the tournament somehow. Um, but the Pac-12 is not this juggernaut like the Big 12 that we were just talking about. Arizona not quite asserting themselves yet has me wondering if they may be, you know, one of those teams we look back on when we get to, you know, late February, early March, and we go, oh, I remember when Arizona was good, and now they're going to be one of two teams that by default three teams that gets in from the Pac-12. Well, I mean, listen, they're – you know, I know it's still a little bit early to to get into all the defensive and offensive metrics, but – you know, they're top five in offensive defense on Ken Palm. Like, that is – Yep. That's pretty yep. nasty, right? So, like, they they, they absolutely fall into the uh, – they fall into the uh, the category of teams that can win it, right? Top 20 in offense, top 40 right. in defense. So, uh, I, I think they absolutely can – can are a team that can make a run. Now, whether they do or not, it's a different story. But I think you're definitely on that – on that uh, in that grouping. The other one I've been keeping an eye on since the very beginning because I got my futures bet on them is UConn. We'll see if they can play through injury the way they have to this point. Yeah, that's interesting because their defense that puts you know like that puts their outside uh, the standard metric for Ken Palm of teams that can win. They're just they're a little bit outside. They're 38th in defensive uh, just right. defense on Ken Palm, so they're not like technically a team. If the season were to end today, that would be in that hey they can win it, but. I mean, they're still a quality team. Uh, they've got a pedigree. They've got the coach. I think they are a team that absolutely can make a run. I will say this about a team that I think some people bagged on early in the season because it was kind of like, ah, they just get by on name and pedigree. And eh, Duke, you know, I, I just watched them against Pitt the other night. Mm-hmm. And look, look, Pitt is a middle of the pack ACC team. You know, they're they're not going to scare anybody. They if they get into the tournament. It'll be nice for Jeff Capel and the Panthers, and maybe they win a game, maybe not. Who knows? Um, you know, but Duke really took it to them, and they now sit. When we talk about those Ken Palm rankings that you've brought up, they sit eighth in adjusted offense and thirteenth in adjusted defense, and that's a team where you know the talents there because it's Duke, and they have the talent every year. If they start to put things together at the right time in an already weak ACC, they're 20-1 to 1 to win the national championship right now, Choppy. I mean, we talk about your pizza money parlays all the time. Yeah. That's worth a little pizza money at 20-1, to 1, right? Uh, look, he, uh, Shire's done a really good job recruiting. They've got good players. Uh, I don't know that people are scared of the name Duke anymore. And I think that's something that, that Alabama is going to find themselves in that kind of trap, too. You know, you're going to have to see somebody – uh, in an Alabama uniform, beat you again without right. saving. I think before you get that scare, and I think Duke's kind of in that same boat. Uh, you know, Carolina, what they went to a final four with Hubert. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they'll go to a final, right? Uh, but it, um, th- I don't think the fear is there either. You know, you got to prove it at some point with uh, with one of your players. So that's gonna be that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be a problem. Any games this weekend that jump out to you as we look at the slate, especially for Saturday? Like, the, the one that jumps out to me, uh, it, not, to, not to beat the dead horse, but anything that happens in the Big 12 with a pair of top 10 teams, man, Oklahoma yeah, right. and Kansas, Saturday at 2 o'clock. 
Uh, the Ken Palm projected line right now as we speak is Kansas by four. Um, look, man, it, it, it's on the road. That's the only thing that gives me pause. But I saw TCU damn near take down Kansas uh, a couple days ago. We were texting as that game was coming to an end. And I, I've had my questions about Kansas since the beginning of the year. I don't know what it is about the eye test for me that they don't pass. They're a good team. They're a great team. But there's just something about them. Maybe it's the fact that the, the, the level of competition in the Big 12 is what it is, like we said. But I could see Oklahoma going into Lawrence and winning one. Uh, I could, too. Uh, you know, I, I'm a little intrigued about, you know, Cincinnati going to Baylor uh, this weekend uh, as well. And, and, you know, Houston playing a, you know, a road game, another road game uh, at TCU and seeing how they fare with that one. But, you know, this is not necessarily – uh, the greatest weekend slate that we're going to have all year. It's okay. It's yeah. fine. Uh, you know, Florida Atlantic's had some bad losses uh, on the season. They've had some great wins and some bad losses. And they've got UAB. Um, but, you know, this weekend is is not, is not the best one we're going to see. San Diego State, New Mexico. Uh, San Diego State against New Mexico, an interesting one to keep an eye on, too. So BetMGM has this new market. I like this. Uh Fewest regular season wins in each conference. And I took a look at the the Big Ten, being a Penn State guy. Um, And Rutgers, 2-1. Michigan, 325. Penn State, 4-1. Maryland, plus 450. If I got to place a bet on most losses in the Big Ten, or, or excuse me, fewest regular season wins. I should be careful about that. Fewest regular season wins in the Big Ten. Michigan, given everything, first of all, they've absolutely hit the skids. They have lost four in a row as of the recording mm-hmm. of this show. Next week, uh, after Maryland and Ohio State, they've got to host Illinois. They've got to go to West Lafayette and face the Boilermakers on the road. And they've already got uh, three conference losses, I think it is. You know, they've got, they're one in three. Uh, in the Big Ten, they just suspended uh, McDaniel for for half a dozen road games because apparently there's some academic issues, uh, Doug McDaniel. So Wolverines, that's my bet right there. Fewest regular season wins in the Big Ten at, at plus 325. Lock that one in. And this is the time where we okay. give people our best bets anyway. So what do you got for me? You got a best bet? You got a pizza money parlay for this weekend? I do, and I've got a regular bet too. I'll give you the real bet first. Uh, Cowboy, I'm going to do okay. a little NFL. Uh, Cowboys minus seven and a half, uh, home favorites of seven or more on wild card weekend since 1989, 14 and eight against the spread 20 and two straight up Cowboys. They're bullies, man. They, 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 they cower against the big teams and then huh. they, they really beat up on the little guy. Now my pizza, my pizza money parlay, uh, it's a 12 to one payout Cleveland now, I, th- these are the spreads that I got them at. They've changed a little bit. Cleveland minus two and a half. Chiefs minus three and a half. Buffalo minus 10. Cowboys minus seven and a half. I think that Chiefs game's up to five now. But that pays you 12 to one on a parlay. And historically, since 2002, all right, since 02, quarterbacks making their first playoff start against a quarterback who's a veteran. The veteran wins and covers 63% of the time. So, wow. There you go. All right, 12 to 1. I like that. I'm going to go NFL as well for a best bet this week. And I hate to do this. We just got, got done talking about Southeast Pennsylvania. Um, 
the Eagles find they, they get it together. I don't know how long they're going to last in January. I really don't because they look like they're a mess. But I think they get it done on Monday night in Tampa. So Eagles minus three. I'll do it. Ooh. I'll probably end up regretting it Tuesday morning. It's probably a sucker bet. But Eagles minus three, I think they get it done against Tampa before they inevitably lose in the second round of the playoffs. We'll be back again next week. Every Thursday night, we're on the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel. Every Friday night and Saturday morning, live coast to coast on the BetQL network. And as I said, you can get us uh, whenever you want, right there inside your Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download the day. And however you get your podcasts, you've been listening. Thanks to Zach Curl, our producer. Thanks to RJ Choppy. John Martin will be back next week. I'm Chris Mack. Thanking you for joining us for BetQLU.